So the story we are going to talk about today, I honestly can't believe that more people don't know about it. Um, and the way that I found about found out about it, dear God, this is going to be rough. That's the, <laughs> how we start this. Um, was, okay, so I was on a walk, just like a normal day, and I'm listening to Bailey Sarian. Yeah. And just like a random one that I chose, and this came across. And it it's literally one of the most gruesome. I'm sorry, both the cases I'm covering is pretty gruesome. Motherfucker, Natalie, <laughs> come on. Um. It's really gruesome, but there's one thing in the case that has always stuck with me. But for some reason, like, I could not, I literally could not remember the name of the murderer, so I couldn't put it on the podcast because, I mean, honestly, who the fuck cares the name of him? But I wanted to cover it here, and I could not find it. And all of a sudden, the other day, I was listening to her, and it popped up. Wow. And I was like, okay, we're going to cover this. It, this case has literally haunted me for 365 days, and now I'm going to make it haunt you guys, so... You're welcome. I'm so glad. But before we get into that, my name's Natalie. I'm Erica, and this is Drunken True Crime. For those of you that are new, welcome. For those of you that are returning, thank you so much. We do not deserve you. No, we do not. So before we get in the case, we do have a few disclaimers. So if you're new, listen up. We do go through them quickly. One, we talk about true crime. Two, we drink. Three, we cuss. Four, you might see us laugh. But hey, it's because we're human and it's because we're typically making fun of each other or the asshat criminals in this case, but never the victims. Never the victims. So if that sounds like something you will enjoy, then grab your cocktail and come drink with us. So this week, Erica, what cocktail do we have? I don't know. What is it? A strawberry basil spritzer. Oh my God, you fucking just told me that too. (laughs) And I was like, what's the name? That's okay. Cheers. Strawberry basil spritzer, but with vodka in it. Mm -hmm. And I brought my reusable straw. I know. You're so fancy. I wish I I had one now. Oh, good. I mean, I keep it in my purse for everything. That's smart. Honestly. And it makes me feel like fancy because it has pineapples on it. I know. That's really cute. Very summery. I approve. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Erica, how many martini glasses? The drink. I would say four. Ooh. Like, it's like it's so just, like, light, refreshing, especially when you're, I mean, we're almost to summer. But Girl, in Tennessee, it feels like fucking summer. It's freaking June 15th. This is I summer. Doesn't, I think it, summer officially starts June 21st. Yeah, but it's been summer for a minute here. Actually, it's not been a bad summer yet. It has not. Like, it yeah. was cold in May. Yeah, it was. Memorial Day weekend was cold. Um, Yeah. Anywho, so... Enough of the chit-chat. We're going to jump into this case. I mean, we can continue chit-chatting. Yeah. <laughs> so, forewarning. Like I said, this case is pretty rough. Um, as always, we're going to go into the details of the case because you have to understand how horrible of a human being this dude is that did this. And we feel like you should really understand what the victims went through and hear their story. With that being said, take this as your formal warning that we will talk be talking about essay, torture, and even more gruesome details than that. Wonderful. So, and last but not least, let's take a big healthy swig of our cocktails before we get into it. I mean, I've been taking a big healthy swig. You need to take just, a bigger one because you're going to need it, girl. It's, gonna, it's so light and refreshing, ladies. Actually, has a lot of vodka in there, so. And gentlemen. <laughs> so, this week we're going to talk about the douche canoe that goes by Gary. Ugh, his fucking last name. So. Heidnick. That's just a, a, that like does not roll off the top. Heidnick. Anyways, his name's Gary Heidnick. Who gives a fuck? He isn't well known when it comes to murderers, which again is kind of surprising to me because he did some absolutely 
horrific things. And again, honestly, before Bailey Sarian, I had never even heard of this case, which is kind of crazy because we are in the obviously true crime community. Um, But it's honestly really sad because I think everyone should know about Gary, but more so his victims, victims. what they went through, and they deserve justice. So I mean, I hear like, I hear different cases all the time of just like serial killers. And it's always the main ones that you remember. But like, some of the serial killers that just like randomly pop up that had happened like decades ago. Yeah. They did worse things. Yeah. This honestly, like, I do you know much about this case? No, I know okay. nothing about this case. <laughs> Ew. Well, you're going to hate me after this one. So sorry. Hmm. Uh, just look at Miller if you hate me. Miller. That'll make you happy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. Don't too. get him. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so first things first. I know you hate this, Erica, but we're going to talk about Gary. Fuck. I know. Why? I know because you just need to know a little bit of background on him. We're not going to go into a lot of detail, but just a little bit. So Gary Michael Hadnick was born on November 22nd, 1943. The 1900s, like we were born in. I know. <laughs> to nice. Michael and Al- Ellen Hadnick. Yeah, that's East- Ellen. Sure Ellen, enough. yeah. <laughs> that girl in East Lake, Ohio. His parents would go on to get divorced when he was just a baby. Things didn't really get much better for him. And from the get-go, homeboy wasn't much to talk about. I mean, he's not really much to talk about now either. No, he's not. He ended up dropping out of public high school in the ninth grade and was sent to Sutton? Staten? Staten? Yeah, Military Academy where he attended for two years, but ended up dropping out of out before graduation so clearly he is a closer (laughs) (laughs) he really goes for things (laughs) yeah what a fucking asshole now gary claims that his upbringing was very difficult he stated that his dad would publicly humiliate him when he was a child for wedding his bed well that's sad yeah allegedly whenever gary would wet the bed his dad would make him hang his sheets outside for the whole neighborhood to see so that his son would be publicly shamed for wetting his bed i mean i would just be like his dad not me yeah <laughs> yeah but honestly like i mean that is that is pretty horrific that's humiliating. If it yeah now gary's dad denies this but gary is adamant so who knows who knows what's going on with this a dude's brain. I mean, I honestly, it's 50-50 whether I believe him or not on this one. I mean. If it is true, though, that's really sad, like we've said. Yeah. Um, however, I don't really feel that bad for Gary, but maybe for baby Gary. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, baby Gary, not who he became. Yeah, yeah, because he became the ultimate scum of the earth, shit stain of a human being. That's why we call baby Gary. Yeah. Anyways, after dropping out of the military academy, Gary decided he was going to join the army. Okay, so why why would you want to join the army after you just dropped out of the military academy? Don't you think it's just going to be as strict? Yeah, so I don't really know what went on at the military academy. Like, the military academy, I feel like, was one of those, like, for kids like whip them into shape type thing. Um, But he actually goes on. He's not going to do that? Well, just wait. I, he's not a smart well actually he's a very smart cookie but just well like, he just wanted to kill people probably 
Um, he would go on to become a medic in the U.S. Army for a whopping 14 months before being honorably discharged after officially being diagnosed with schizo personality disorder. Yeah, so when researching this case, he actually did really well in the Army. So he was doing really well if you talk to, um, you know, his... It's not their boss, Erica. What is it? Like their lieutenant, their commander, their... Um, well, it's um, staff sergeant. Yeah. Or... If you talk to the people that he reported to, um, I obviously don't know much about the armed forces. That's embarrassing. Um, but if you talk to the people he reported to, they said that he was excellent. Like he, I mean, they had all good things to say about him. And the reason he was on honorably discharged is because for some reason... Not for some reason. We obviously know why. But now. But he started getting like really horrible like headaches. And he was very nauseous. And he was like really, really sick. And so when he was going through, he eventually gets diagnosed with basically, for lack of medical terminology, like excessive diarrhea. Um, But and not like IBS. Like it's something more than that. Um, But during all of the testing, this is when they found out that he had personality disorder and he had the mental issues. So like before that, no one knew. Is that not crazy? And he was doing really well in the army, surprisingly enough. I mean, that's just your third dropout. I know. I know. But technically, there's a pattern here. Yes. Just saying. And I'm not standing up for Gary. Not one bit. He can go fuck himself. There's just a pattern there. I mean, also, John Wayne Gacy, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think he was in the Army as well, or he was in Vietnam or something, Yeah, and he he did very well, Yeah, and it was because he killed all those people, and maybe, I mean, the same thing, he wanted to... Yeah. I mean, he was a medic, though. I mean, I guess he could not save them, and that's kind of like killing them. What's the term for doctors that purposely want to kill their patients? It's like... Oh, Yeah angel something yeah something like that i know where they either save them or they want to kill them yeah like they make them sick so they can save them yeah 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 um so anyways after he was honorably discharged gary then became a nurse and began working at the elwin institute wow why was that so hard for me to say i wanted to say like institution and then, oh, yeah, I fucked them both up, both words. But the <laughs> Elwin Institute. <laughs> Anyways, this was a hospital for mentally undeveloped adults and children, which, again, was kind of fitting because Gary himself and his family, especially his brother Terry and his mom Ellen, all suffered from mental illness and spent time in sac- Psychi- psychiatric <laughs> hospitals. Oh, my God. Get fucked. Psychiatric <laughs> hospitals. <Get> fucked. <laughs> Why is this so hard? Why are words so hard right now? Anyways, then when Gary was 27, his mom, Elaine, would eventually... No, Elaine? That's, that's Ellen. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're going to start that one. Up. No. Keep <laughs> it. Okay, so when Gary was... This is actually kind of sad, but when Gary was 27, his mom, Ellen, would eventually go... Yeah, it's tomato, tomato, um, would eventually go on to commit suicide as a last resort to escape from her abusive relationship. So, again, very sad. We're only laughing because I can't speak or read, evidently. So, from there, at the age of 28, Gary formed a church called the United Church of the Ministries of God. Nope. Ministers of God. Okay, I'm going to take a drink. Hold on. Yeah, you should take a drink. Breathe. (laughs) 
take a laxative or something. <laughs> so anyways, let me try that again. Or not a laxative. I meant Xanax. I was going to say, I was like, I don't want a laxative. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my God, I just spit. This, this is, is such a shit show. <laughs> Can you tell we have not filmed in over a month? I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to be a great one. This is the this is really us, guys. Yeah. Oh, anywho. Okay, so... Again, at the age of 28, Gary formed a church called the United Church of the Ministers of God. And now, just a side note, this is when Gary, he's such a shithead. He actually just took this name from an actually pretty large church. So, like, if you ever, like, see this somewhere, like, the name of this church, it's not associated with Gary. He's just an asshole and stole their name, okay? Like, I'm sure. So, like, one of those really, really big churches big churches, yeah, on TV or something? Right, yes. Yes, and he just stole the name because he's a fucking shithead. Anyways. Can you do that? Can you, like, copyright anything? I mean, do you really think he followed the law? I mean, probably not, obviously, but that big a church, I would feel like they would be able to, like, trademark that name or something. Well, yeah, well, he had all of five followers, so I don't think they were too worried at the time. Ooh, we have more. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Yes, uh, we're above Gary. So, but, Ow. so he had... He had five followers when it started, and he was known to them as Brother Bishop, which, fucking Lord have mercy. He would go on to grow it, though, to be pretty big. But at the beginning, he had five followers, so I don't think they were too, too worried. From there, he met Anjanette Davison. Did I say that right? Uh-huh. Anjanette. Okay. From there, he met Anjanette Davison at one of the psychiatric institutions he worked at. He was actually a patient at the hospital along with her sister, Alberta. Now, Anjanette was mentally disabled and had an IQ of 48, which for those of you that don't really know the IQ classifications, 69 and below is considered extremely low, and the DSM classifies the score as mental retardation. And that's still in the DSM. That's not like what we're calling it. Yes, no. Um, and Jeanette and Gary would go on to have a little girl named Maxine. I love that name. But she was immediately taken away into foster care after her birth due to Anjanette's mental disabilities. Yeah, and something else to add to this, and I, I guess I just forgot to put it in here, but Gary was actually extremely smart. So on the IQ scale, he was actually above average, like significantly above average. Um, and so he Do was you know- praying. So again, now we remember we just told you that Anjanette had a sister named Alberta who was in the same institution as she was which was also the one that Gary had been to and was now working at so they were both patients yes okay exactly actually all three of them were patients but then Gary was working there to work there yes okay yes yes so when he became a nurse so like after he was honorably discharged that's when he had that mental diagnosis and then he came out of that became a nurse and now he works there so in 1978, Gary signed Alberta out of this institution on a day pass and ended up imprisoning her for 10 days. So again, a day pass where normally someone would take them out to do something fun, right? Yeah, go, go to, to a restaurant. Yeah, right? go to a park, go, you know, just get a break from the institution, which not saying it was bad, but you know, it's nice to get out. Um, he literally kept her for 10 fucking days. So this shithead took her, chained her in his basement and spent... 10 days essaying. I can't <laughs> wink. I just figured out I can't wink you were with like, that eye. Essay. Essaying her. Saying a horrific thing, but you're doing this. I'm trying to wink to tell you that you guys know what we're talking about. Right. And I don't know if I can say this word either, but sodomizing her. her. I mean, I can say it. I'm saying on YouTube, can I say it? But 
I can I pronounce mean, it, but can I say it? But yeah. So anyways, asshole was doing horrible things to her. Eventually, the workers at the institution were like, okay, where the fuck is Alberta? She was signed out on a day pass and it's been 10 days. How the, why the fuck it took 10 days? I have no fucking idea, but here we are. So isn't it frowned upon to like be a nurse and like date or be in a relationship with someone and also. Dude, I know. This is where there's so many questions. So many questions. So many holes in this. Yeah, the workers, they finally step in, and she's eventually found um, shackled in Gary's house, where she is then taken back to the institution. And to that, all I have to say is that this, everyone failed, this poor girl. Now she's even more traumatized. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Now, you would think that this would be automatically get Gary sentenced to prison for life, but no, no. (laughs) Gary was put in a mental institution instead of a prison where he would only go to spend four fucking years before he was released in April 1983. That's fucking ridiculous. You stole a woman from a psychiatric hospital, take her to your basement and... Shackle her. Shackle her and do... Just unimaginable things things to this woman. And then just, you know, go about your day. Oh, that's okay. We'll just give you four years. You've learned your lesson. Fucking A. Obviously, he did not. Or we would not be talking about him right here. No. From there, in 1984, he bought a property at 3520 North Marshall Street, which is where we went on a run Oh, where he went on to run his church. I was like, where we went on a run? No, we have never been there, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Where he went to run his church. Now, this property becomes important later in the story. So remember that. Keep it in your brain. Yes. So from here, Gary would go on to use a bride mail service to meet his wife, Betty, who is from the Philippines. Now, I don't know. Some people say she wasn't a male bride, but. Male order bride. Yeah. But, you know. Is that still politically correct to call that? I mean, I don't know. I feel like you can't say anything nowadays. Yeah. So I'm just like, I mean, you know what we're saying. I'm not I'm not throwing any shade at her. But soon after they got married, the two began fighting because Gary was a fucking asshole and would cheat on Betty and then force her to have sex with the women he was cheating on her with and then force her to watch as he had sex with other women. It's just ridiculous. He would also go on to beat essay and torture Betty and luckily after three months she would actually escape Gary and flee back to the Philippines oh thank goodness I know I know right now unbeknownst to Gary at the time though Betty was actually pregnant and once homegirl was safe from Gary she filed for child support which is how Gary found out that he was the father which I was like what a badass bitch get your bag I love it um however though no shocker here Gary had no relationship with the son, which honestly is a huge blessing. Like That he, is a huge yeah, blessing. I for mean, for both Betty and the child. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason Gary needed to be around a child. This would be the turning point in Gary's pathetic excuse of a life. Wow, harsh, Natalie. Well, you, you'll understand why in just a second. <laughs> and where things would really go downhill for both Gary and society. On Thanksgiving of 1986, a 25-year-old sex worker named Josephine Riviera was working to get enough money to give her children a proper Thanksgiving dinner. No, she she was estranged from her children due to her drug abuse, but she was working to try and mend the relationships and have a family holiday, which it just hurts my heart. I mean, she was working. She was trying. She was working to mend those relationships. Yeah. Just asshat. Mm -hmm. Now... 
At this time, Gary Fucktard Hadnick was out trolling the streets in areas known to have sex workers. This is where he comes across Josephina. Gary offers her his money in exchange for sex, so Josephina agrees and gets into Gary's white Cadillac. So the two, at this point, they do the deed, and then from there, the deed. Thank you for that imagery. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then from there, the details are contradictory, obviously, depending on what articles you're reading. Um, but long story short, Gary basically kidnaps Josephina, chokes her, beats her, and takes, takes her back to his place. Now, he places her in his basement, which he has dug a, like this hole or really like a pit in the middle of the basement. And it's not like super big. Is it Silence of the Lambs? Not that. No, not that deep. Like it almost is like a shallow grave. That's, if that makes that's sense. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he basically, what he did is he chained her into this pit and he had allegedly built this pit in order to house women to help him grow his family, telling Josephina that he planned to capture 10 women for his harem. So basically he was trying to create a baby form. He just wanted to impregnate lots of women. No words. Okay. So now we want to talk about this pit for a second because it's actually very terrifying and it's, it was the inspiration of the movie Silence of the Lambs, but they took, obviously, liberties um, with this pit. Now, he did dig a pr- I mean, it's pretty big, like pretty wide, um, into this concrete floor. And this is where he actually chained Josephina to a sewer pipe. Oh, gross. I know. He then covered the hole with plywood and put heavy bags on top to prevent her from escaping. Yes. Now, Josephina, she's obviously terrified, scared, and trying any and all methods possible to escape this horror that she found herself in. She would actually manage to lift herself halfway out, like herself halfway through a small window in his basement where she screamed for help, but unfortunately, the only person that heard her was Gary. Now, Gary responded to this, her escape attempt, by bringing in a radio and playing rock music, which she turned up on full volume to drown out like Josephina screams, which over time would just be horrible. It's a form of torture. So he I mean, then, that's definitely Silence of the Lambs when Buffalo Bill, like yeah. the women were downstairs chained and they were yelling for help and he just like was dressing yep. like in dresses and yeah. played the music louder. Yeah. So he then left Josephina alone for 27 hours and when he returned, he was not alone. This time, he returned to a 25-year-old Sandra Lindsay, who went by Sandy. She was also a patient at Elwyn Institute. Remember the institute that Gary worked at? You think these people would fucking catch on by now? Or at least do, like, I don't know, some due diligence and... Why was he not fired after taking homegirl out for 10 years? <laughs> or for 10 days? Right? Like, what the fuck? Once again, Gary checked her out and brought her to his house where he put her in a hole or pit, whatever you want to call it, and essayed her and Josephina at the same time. Well, no, he would make the women watch while he did it. Yeah. God. And listen. And it's horrific. (sighs) He would make the women watch and listen as he would essay the other woman he had kidnapped. Now, after Sandy was checked out of the Institute, her family became suspicious and her cousins actually went to Gary's house and knocked on the door. However, after a while of them knocking with no answer, the cousins left. After that, Gary made Sandy write a letter to her mom telling her she had left the Institute on her own free will and that she would call her later. 
Gary would actually make the drive from Philadelphia to New York to mail the letter in hopes that it would be it wouldn't be traced back to him. First off, how did they find his house? Because they knew. So Oh my god. Sorry. So <laughs> Gary So Gary worked at the Elwin Institute. I know. And it was known like they were friends, like him and Sandy were friends. And so her mom knew this because Sandy talked to her about it. And so her mom knew, like, hey, tell me Gary's house, like where he lives. Like fucking A. He's got my daughter. Why are you guys not more alarmed? <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Now, Sandy's mother immediately called bullshit on all of this and reported her daughter missing and gave them Gary's address, stating he believed Gary, she re- she believed Gary was holding her hostage. However, the police took one look at the letter Sandy wrote to her mother and immediately brushed it off as uh, just another runaway. Because, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, wait, because this guy doesn't have a history. You don't, he, this isn't on his record that he does this. This isn't you know, his MO, but no, you're right. It's her. Just another runaway. How many times have we heard that? In oh, my God. So many. So many cases that we've covered. So many. It's so frustrating. So, once again, another instance of where this woman was failed by the police, um, the mental institution, and humanity. Now, during this time when these women were kept captive, they were shackled beaten, beaten, essayed constantly, and kept naked where they were forced to huddle together to keep warm. They were kept severely dehydrated and in a constant state of starvation, even to the point where he would, like, pin them against each other and, like, basically was like, okay, who wants a cookie? And whoever would, like, have sex with him, like, voluntarily that day would, like, get cookies and, like, just do these awful, like, mental, like, tactics at one point he heard one of the girls i mean i don't know this i'm gonna like butcher the story but off the top of my head it's basically he like heard one of the girls say i'm so hungry i could eat like dog food so then he literally started feeding them dog food because he's a fucking asshole okay on that note five big gulps let's fucking go because we need it (laughs) cheers cheers bitches and i'm officially out of my drinky drink so then on december yeah, said that word right. Mm-hmm. Wow, my you did. So then on December 22nd, Gary kidnapped another woman, 19-year-old Lisa Thomas. Why are they getting younger? I don't know. Oh, God. I'd never even... I don't know. You didn't think oh, about that? Oh, he's such a sick fuck. No, I didn't. I did not. Anyway, so he drugged her, and when she woke up, she was naked, and Gary was essaying her. From there, he took her and pushed her into the pit with Josefina and Sandy. So then just two weeks later on New Year's Day, Deborah Dudley was kidnapped by Gary and brought to this pit of horror. She was 19 at the time and she is reported to be actually very feisty and have like a huge attitude with Gary, which I'm like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, let's take, seriously, let's take a minute to applaud this brave woman. Yes, girl. Um, You got, you got courage, your bravery. Yeah. I honestly don't think I'd have the balls to do that to someone. Um, But no, she did. So, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I think you would. I don't think you would have a fucking problem standing up. Damn, I'd be too scared, though. I mean, if he's going to kill me, then, I mean, let's get it over with. Yeah, that's the ad. That's what I'm saying. You would, yeah, you would have the attitude with him. Let's go, okay? It's reported that Deborah would scream at Gary, spit at him, tell him that he needed a shower. 
I so would fucking do this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Telling him that he needed to shower, needed tampons, a proper place to use the restroom. And long story short, she was very confrontational to Gary, wasn't really scared of him. Or if she was, she put up a hell of a front girl. Yeah. So like basically she was like, you're an asshole. You smell. You're making us smell like we this need This living conditions is not up to par. Yeah. Gare, need- Gare Bear. Okay. <laughs> like we need a restroom. Like we need all of these things. Like you disgusting, disgusting human being. I hate him. Like, I need to shower. I know I smell bad. I know you smell yeah, bad. you really need to shower. The other two homegirls over there, they need showers. Yes. They need to be cleaned up. They need some food. Um, chop, chop, Gary. Okay, yeah. let's go. Fucking get on it. Now, surprisingly, Gary actually took some of this to heart. He ended up go. He ended up to get a portable toilet for the women, gave them tampons, and actually let them take a bath. I'm not clapping for Gary. Fuck that shit. We'll clap. Okay, how about let's clap for Deborah? That's what I'm saying. Clap for her that she she spoke. Raise your voice, girls. This was very out of character, but again, Gary was very unpredictable. One minute he would give them tampons, another minute he would beat the them senseless and force them to watch while he essayed the other woman. At one point, he realized that the women could hear when he left the house and when he was da- coming downstairs. So when oh, he left... Let me, do this, let me do this part, Erica. You'll murder me if I make you do this part. Oh, okay. Yeah, trust me. Okay. You don't want to say this part. So this is the part that I'm like, has stuck with me for 365 days, and now I'm going to make it haunt all of you guys. Wonderful. So, again, at Gary eventually realized that... Um, the woman could hear when he left the house and when he was coming down the stairs and he was like, okay, if they can hear when I'm gone, they'll start screaming. I don't want that. So when he left the, again, the women would scream trying to get the attention of anyone who could help them. Again, Gary eventually caught onto this and was furious. So this horrible piece of shit, human being, and again, legit, like huge trigger warning for you guys on this one. Uh, oh, I even put it in here. I was like, Erica, you cannot say this part. So if it's your slide, turn it over to Natalie right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, so again, so Gary drove screwdrivers into the women's ears to puncture their eardrums so they couldn't hear him exactly why i told you not to take this part again this is the part that has stuck with me for 365 days and now it'll stick with you guys so i mean don't hate me but trauma bonding together it's a thing (laughs) trauma bonding uh yeah he would okay so he would screw drive to puncher he literally took a screwdriver and like hammered it in to their eardrum to bust their eardrum so they could not hear so they could not scream when he left my point. Yeah. yeah. I told you you are going to hate me for this one. Now, this was only one way that Gary punished the girls. As we've talked about, he would beat and essay them, force them to watch the others be essayed, but he would also chain them standing up with their arms above their head for days and literally starve them. Now, I know we already did one, but with this case, we need to do another one. So, Erica... I'm I'll out get of- you another drink because we're about to do five big gulps, okay? So break. Okay, so anyways, we're back for five big gulps. So Erica. Let's fucking go. Let's five go. big gulps. Cheers. Cheers, bitches. Yeah. 
I think it's a lot easier with my straw to do five big gulps. Yeah, that was rough. I feel I, like I need we. I, I need to get us some matching ones. Yes. Oh my god, I would love that. Okay, hold on. I think the camera's crooked. <laughs> do you remember the last time it was like filmed crooked? <laughs> I'm surprised nobody pointed that out. I even it was way worse than that, Erica. I even tried to like fix it in the editing process, and it was just <laughs> so that I'm scarred. Um, okay. Anyways, so we're back from five big gulps. Because once again, it gets worse. Yay. So on January 18th, Gary abducted 18-year-old, again, They're getting younger. younger. Yeah. So Gary abducted 18-year-old Jacqueline Askins. She was also a sex worker and used the same, and he used the same ruse he had with several of the other women. Again, he picked them up, lured him back to their, or back to his house with the promise of money. He would then go upstairs have sex with them, and then he would strangle them and drug them and then put them into the pit where he would chain them up to join the rest of the women. Now, at this point, he had five women in his pit of horrors. At some point, Sandy had done something to disobey him, and she was punished by being chained to a beam naked with her wrists shackled above her head in a standing position. He then starved her for days on end, so she was in the standing position for a fucking week without food water or any rest periods <sighs> i hate this fucking human he's not even human this monster this is just pure evil is what this yeah, is because is. i when we took our break i was i was like racking my brain at the whole screwdriver thing yeah. there was multiple other ways he could have gone about that like maybe soundproofing the room like what leads you what is your first thought to think a screwdriver to your eardrum he's i mean he's disorient them in some way so they can't hear play loud music before you leave soundproof that room yeah so many other fucking let them go so they won't scream well i understand that but like i'm trying to think in his mind like yeah what he could have what he could have done but then he just automatically thought "Mm, screwdriver to the ear because he's fucking sadistic and he's a horrible horrible monster I told you this is a this is a rough case. How do how do more people not know about? Well, this, this case? is gonna fuck me up because me and you both think alike. Where we think, why is he doing what he's doing? And then you're getting into the mindset of him. Yes, which is what I was spiraling after you said that, and I'm like, I'm telling you, we're trauma bonding over this case. We're very trauma bonding. It's fucking horrible. So after a week, Gary decided that she had had enough punishment. Way to go. And he went to go release her from the chains and provide her with food and water. What a fucking gentleman. I know. Oh, my God. The man of my dreams. Oh, you had enough, honey. You've suffered enough. So he takes her down and he immediately realizes that she had passed. So, again, just when you think the story can't get worse, it does. So, ladies, gents, whatever you identify, get your drink, buckle up, buttercup, because we are going to power through this part real quick together okay another trigger warning because i feel like this this whole episode we're just going to keep saying wait this. is this going to fuck me up too not as bad as this the screwdriver was the one that like really got me this is horrific don't get me wrong but the screwdriver got me this one we've heard things like this before okay so gary takes sandy's body upstairs and starts dismembering her body but he doesn't do this alone he makes the other women help 
He then told them if he ever got caught, they would now be charged with murder too because they helped. He then proceeds to cook Sandy's body, like he legitimately boiled her head, which produces just this horrendous smell that eventually led neighbors to complain to police. Now, police do actually show up to the house, but Gary just tells them that he burnt a roast. And they fucking buy this explanation. Again, just another example of where these women were failed. What kind now, of roast do they have at home? I know. I'm like, what, do you, what are you talking about? Well, you're a police officer. More than once you've smelled a decaying or yes. dead body or just like a, the horrendous smell right. of human beings rotting. Right. But no, and you're right. It's a burnt it's roast. bowling, I'm yeah. sure it's just amplified at that yeah. point. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. So from there, Gary then grinds her body up into minced fucking meat. And feeds this not only to his dog, but to the other women in the pit. Again, I know you're going to hate me for covering this case. But, Erica, if it makes you feel better, I kind of hate myself at this moment, too. <laughs> so Good, you should. Um, but again, like I said, I just can't believe that this case doesn't get more coverage. Like, how do six African-American women get fucking tortured like this and it isn't covered more? Because of what exactly you just said. I know, but it's just fucking ridiculous. Because exactly what you just said. I mean, thank you, Bailey Sarium, for bringing light to it. That's how I came across it. But like, jeez, Manise. I mean, it's just like Shanquilla. Yeah. She wasn't a sex worker. And right. they still had to fight tooth and nail to get her case. Like, Yeah, I mean, covered. she was a successful businesswoman. Exactly. Like sex yeah. workers, just like in New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there was 27 women mm-hmm. that we still don't know who all killed those women. Oh, you're so right. I know. It's fucking ridiculous. It's deplorable. Okay. Let me take a drink first. All right. So next, Deborah does something to piss Gary off, and she is now punished because Gary has a small dick syndrome and is just as pathetic excuse of a a human being, like legitimately worse than any bully stick dog shit diarrhea that someone has to scrape off their shoe. (laughs) That's poetry right there. That is straight up poetry. So for... (laughs) Sorry, I fucking hate this man. I fucking hate this man. So this is my script that I wrote, and I literally cannot, I mean. She just shot for the hip with this one. I mean, I can't fucking stand them. I mean, that deserves a um, award. Thank you. <laughs> Pulitzer, if you will. Yeah, Pulitzer. <laughs> oh, Coming <okay>. for you. <laughs> so for her punishment, Deborah is made to sit in a pool of water and would place a wire in the water, which electrocuted her. Now, we also did this with the other women, but unfortunately, this time it would result in Deborah's death. He took Deborah's body and disposed of her in the woods. Again, how, I just, I can't. How, how, okay. I know Erica's just now, so I, I've had a year to process this case. This is, this is exactly what I was, I was like literally on a walk in my neighborhood and I was like, what the fuck do I do with my, how do I just walk back into my house normal like this? I'm like forever changed. <laughs> how do we go normal? Yeah, but like, like I, I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't function like a human being. You dismember and boil the head of one woman that you had in the pit and you electrocute another and just throw her in the woods like she's trash. Yep. Yeah. Shocking twist here. Um, Josephina helped actually helped him electrocute Deborah and dispose of her body, meaning she free she was free from her shackles and was assisting him. Yeah, so this will come this will become really important later. 
in this story. But she wasn't free. I mean, right. Just like just like when they helped with um, Sandy. Yeah, right. You're right. She wasn't free. She was free from her shackles. Like she was. She yeah, I mean, right. But she was not free. She was still terrified. So if yes. she didn't help, I'm sure he she would probably be next. Yes. Yep. No. Com- absolutely. So. But this actually, this is this gets people heated, and actually, people are on two different sides here. So we're going to take a second. We're going to talk a little bit about Josephina again. So over the course of this fifty plus days that Josephina was held captive, she started developing a plan to escape. She decided to befriend her captor because she quickly realized that Gary was desperate for companionship, and ultimately, all he wanted was children and a family. Smooth that ego, girl. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. So Josephina immediately played this new role, and Gary 100% fell for it. Of course he did. Over oh, okay. So over a few days and weeks, Gary actually began to trust her. Now she was allowed to come upstairs unchained and actually watch movies with him and was able to sleep outside of the pit some days. And eventually he made her in charge of the other women. So he would reward her with food and chocolates for managing the other women, which again is pitting the women against each other. So Gary actually even recruited Josephina to help him kidnap other women. So on March 24th, Gary and Josephina abducted another woman named Agnes Adams. And once again, Gary did the exact same thing with Agnes, where he would take her to a room he would have sex with her, and when he went to pay her, he instead strangled her, drugged her, and put her down in the pit with the other woman. Now, mind you, during this time, Josephina was actually in the kitchen, unchained, again, not in the pit with the other women. Like I said a little bit, or alluded to a little bit earlier, Josephina gets quite a bit of heat for this because she was upstairs, clothed, unchained, and at times there were instances where she could have absolutely run away. It's Stockholm but, Syndrome. Yeah, well, but... And Remember, also survival. It wasn't Stockholm Syndrome. This was an act that she was putting well, on. Well, yeah, it's, trust. it's Stockholm Syndrome to like what he thinks of it, but it was survival. So you're saying she was like tricking him into believing that she had Stockholm Syndrome, but she knew all along this was just this is her she was This is her way of survival. Right, exactly. Completely agree with that. So again, she knew that if she ran away, he would immediately kill all the other women mm-hmm. and probably just dip out yep. and not get arrested for this. So, again, and Eric and I are on the same page. Like, no victim shaming here because a lot of people do blame her for this. Why would There's, you blame someone? You can't. You, she can't. you don't know what you would do in this situation. Well, she had a plan. She was the only one who could act on that plan because she was the only one out there. She could, she could have run away and she did not. Right. Remember this. She did not run away when she easily could have saved herself right okay so that i think right there just shows that she was looking out for everyone in that pit mm-hmm. okay so josephina gained the trust of gary at this point obviously so she eventually convinced gary to let her see her family specifically her children in exchange for him allowing this she said she would bring back another woman for him Gary allows this and drops her off to see her family. She immediately bangs on the door and they are quite surprised to see her. I mean, she had just been gone for four months and because of her history, they thought she was just on another drug bender. Josephina starts telling them what Gary had done to her. And honestly, they think it's just the drugs talking and that she is making this all up. 
Josefina is getting pissed because she is running out of time to save the other girls. And after begging and begging, they do eventually call the police. Yes, because one point to this is that Gary's around the corner, right? So she knows. He basically said, okay, you have like 10 minutes to go see them. And then if you don't come back, I'm doing this, this, and this. This is a punishment, and I'm going to go kill these other girls. So she's like, okay, family. Okay, like, like listen got, up. Listen yes, up. Like, let's go. I get my history. I get this, like. Come this on. Is, like, this we've is got not to, this is yes. not a joke. This is not an act. Yes. Come on. This is yes. This is not a drill. This is fucking not call. a drill. Like, let me in. Call the fucking police. The sirens are going off. Let's yes. go. <laughs> so when police get there, they always they also don't believe Josephina. Well, shocker. I know. Which is really fucking annoying. Um, I mean, I get it, it's a crazy story, but it is your fucking job to at least investigate yes. it. Doesn't matter if you think she's making it up. Fucking investigate it. You still have to go investigate. Finally, Josefina shows the deep scars on her legs where she has been chained up for months. This is when police finally start to take her seriously and immediately head over to Gary's house. Finally! I know. Fucking. That pisses me off so bad. Like, not only if like, no one believes her and it's because of her history and I, like, to some degree, I, like, understand their... She's still human. It doesn't matter if you're homeless. It doesn't matter if you're a drug right. addict. It doesn't matter if you're a sex worker. She's yeah. a human being that's being tortured to death. And you just don't believe her because you I don't want to do your fucking job. I know. I mean, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But thankfully, she finally is persistent and police officers go over to Gary's house. That's called advocating and getting that's making some noise ladies that is making noise and again she could have easily just dipped and left gary like she could have gone away but she sat there she argued with them argued with the police so that they would go help the other girls Mm -hmm. so again if anyone that's out there that's saying this is her fault and she was in on it with gary you're fucking wrong well that's because people can't see like other people's perspectives and they're not they're not taking in account (sighs) that like she's trying Yes. To save everyone. Right. Exactly. So the officers, they do eventually go to the house because she's so persistent. They walk in and they find that Josefina was telling the truth about everything, but it was way worse than they could have ever imagined. The smell, they said, was the first thing that hit them when they walked into the house. From there, they found the girls and immediately freed them and got the medical attention. Well... Great. I'm so glad you fucking finally so did your job. So glad you finally did something and got the medical help. Yep. So from there, that's when they started to truly understand the depravity and horrors that went down in that house. They... Miller. <laughs> God, he's chewing on a bone so loud. Um, they saw the pit that the women were kept in. They found dismembered parts of Sandy throughout the house, finding a forearm in the freezer and burnt bones and... Wow, burnt bones in the oven let me try that part what again. is he gonna do i don't fucking know i don't i don't like fucking know. fear to the women i don't know well the bones maybe like for the dog and yeah freezing it to i don't fucking i don't want to know i don't want to don't want to know don't want to talk about it so they obviously arrest gary and he's taken to trial on april 23rd 1987 this asshole tried to say that the they, the women, were already living in the house when he moved in, that it wasn't him that kidnapped him. Yeah. So Homeboy literally said during the trial, he was like, like, no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> it wasn't me. They were already here. They were already here. I just, I just, 
I just went along with it. I just roomed with them. It's a, it's it a roommate thing. They <laughs> chose to live in the pit, okay? Yeah, this is a them problem, not this, a me problem. Yeah, right? However, the three women who were rescued ter- testified against him detailing the horrific events. Which, let's just take a moment and talk about how fucking strong you have to be to, to face him again. Exactly. And again, let's talk about what happened to these women. Screwdrivers there, torture with music, electric electrocution, essaying, torturing. Helping dismember one of the girls that you yeah. were there with. Being forced, like starved, dehydrated. Oh my God. It, the list just goes on and on and on. But these badass bitches were like, no, we're testifying against you, asshole, so you don't do this again. Because last time you did something like this, you only got four years. We're going to make sure that doesn't fucking happen again. They're going to make the noise and it's going to stick this yes. time. Now, an interesting part that came out of the trial was that Lisa Thomas believed that Josephine was working with Gary. Remember, Lisa is one of the girls that was in the pit. The 19-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes, yes. Agnes was the 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, That the torture and abuse she inflicted on the other women went beyond trying to build rapport with Gary and escape. However, Jacqueline disagreed. Who's Jacqueline? So Jacqueline was one of the first ones. Okay. So Jacqueline disagreed with Lisa and said that everything Josephina did ultimately led to the escape of all three women. Now, the defense took this and tried to blame Josephina for the deaths of Sandy and Deborah. How? How are you going to blame her? Because she she wasn't shackled. And technically, well, keep reading. Technically. And Josephina did admit to helping with the electrocution of Deborah. However, in the long run, the jury realized that all of this happened because of Gary. And on July 1st of 1988, after just 16 hours of deliberation, they found Gary guilty and ultimately sentenced him to death. Let's go! (laughs) Let's fucking go! Let's fucking go! On July 6th of 1999, Gary Michael Hidnick was put to death by lethal injection at the age of 56, which he deserved more than a lethal injection. I know. So despite how you feel about the death penalty, I go back and forth. But I'm just saying, on some instances, people like this should not just get an easy way out. Should not breathe the same air that regular human beings do, in my opinion. Just throwing that out there. He's fucking horrific. Horrific. So not only does he do all this, he fucking blames. He Mm-mm. fucking blames Josefina. Now, technically, Josefina was the one that electrocuted Deborah, which led to her death. However, who she made assist, her do that? She assists her, though. It wasn't like she was the driving force be like, hey, right. let's electrocute her. Yep. Nope. I completely agree. So, Erica, here are some pictures. Oh, I'm looking. Oh, <laughs> That's when they were... Oh, yeah, that's all the women. But the one before that is when they, like, got pulled out and were, like, finally rescued. But they were trained to, like. These yeah. poor babies. I know. They're so they young. They were just so young and chil- still children. They absolutely were. Okay, Erica, I, I'm scared to ask this question, but final thoughts. I mean, it makes sense why this hasn't been covered because it's African-American sex work sex workers yeah um which is a very shame in our society yeah that this isn't covered more um but on the flip side it's it's not covered more and it's a shame because the victims need to be known yeah on the flip side i feel like i'm glad it didn't because gary would get the fame 
like Ted yeah. Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we need to stop romanticizing um, serial, serial killers. killers. Yeah. No, I'd, I definitely agree with that. Like, if anybody took that wrong, I'm sorry. No, I'm I don't trying think- to say it in a very nice, in a very, like, nice way because we just romanticize. We make people famous for murdering people. And it should be for it. We should be putting out there what the victims went through which is what we try to do well I mean it's one of the reasons that we haven't covered Ted Bundy yet that we haven't covered I don't want to cover any serial killers yeah like any of these other I feel like they don't deserve their due at all yeah I mean it really is and so I mean I personally I do want to cover that one day not anytime soon. No, it won't be anytime soon. And it's not. And again, I want to do more cases that aren't well known. And that's I mean, there are cases that I will absolutely do. Like, well, here's Casey my, Anthony. Absolutely going to do that one. Yeah. Well, here's but, like, my argument. But like, like, what can we say that hasn't been said already? about? I like, honestly just want to talk to you about it. About like go through all the details and talk to you about it. And, OK. Like, I mean, honestly, that's why. And I am. And I don't know why we've talked about this before. I'm so fascinated with this is going to sound horrific and not fascinated. I'm, how do I say this where I don't sound fucked up? Um, where I We're guess fucked I'm up. Like, we do a true crime podcast. Well, I'm just so interested in what happens to the brains of parents that can ch- kill their own children. Um, Which is why you cover so many children, children cases. cases. And why I'm so want to know all the details about like the Chris Watts case. That's what got us into this channel in the first place um Casey Anthony yeah so I'm so fascinated and just intrigued with the mind of like what happened like what what causes a parent to do that because like innately you like evolutionary well maybe people might get mad about that word but innately (laughs) you want to keep your children alive like you have this tie to them and so what causes someone who starts out that way? Like, if you're just a shithead parent from the beginning, like, that's fine. But what causes someone who, by all, I guess, stress, like, yeah, but I mean, like, but like, if the people or the parents who everyone says, oh, well, they were great parents. They were this. The no fuck? one's great. But I mean, what does a great parent mean? Someone that showed up for the parent, like. What do you mean a great parent? There's great parents out there. But like, how can you define it? A great parent is different for everybody. Well, okay. Really? We're going philosophy here. Okay. Well, then I'm sorry. A parent that shows up for their kids and provides for them not only physically, but mentally uh, but as well. Emotionally and mentally as well. Yes, exactly. A good parent through and through. So how do you go from that to murdering, to murdering them? them? And it just fascinates me. We need so, to cover Lori Vallow, too. Oh, I know. That's going to be a huge one. That's going to be a big one. But back to this case. Yes. Sorry. Um, we digress horribly. But yeah, well. This is this is really going to stick with me. I'm telling you. I'm This one, and it's not the screwdriver. It's not. Oh, that's got, that got it's me. Not, it's not. There were so many opportunities for these women to be saved. Yeah. Oh, I know. They were failed multiple times. So Josephina, though, she's actually married, has kids. Um, She has six grandchildren now. She wrote a book. Wow. Um, Right after she did struggle, she did go back to drugs. But, I mean, fucking A, how do you cope with all the trauma she went with? If you have no, like, normal coping to begin with, and that's your only coping 
coping mechanism. Coping mechanism, yeah. then like naturally you're going to go to what you know. Right, exactly. But she eventually, she said she got into the right therapy, the right treatment. Um, she's been sober. Again, she has a husband, kids, six grandkids, and is from the last thing that I saw, she's doing well. So that's, that's good. That's a uh, silver lining. Yeah. I mean, she's still, all of them still suffer, obviously, horrific I mean, just physical and mental scars, though. She still has terrible nightmares, she says. They all struggle a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't, but yeah. I mean, it's a horrific case. Like I said, this one has stuck with me. It's, um, sorry, guys, but she did victims it. need to know what she like, did, a, it, not me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's my fault. You can blame me. But honestly, I do believe that we should know what these victims went through. Mm hmm. Um, and we need to talk about it. I know it is hard, but... And applaud their... Um, bravery. Tenacity. Yeah. Their bravery. Yeah. It's, it is obviously a lot. Um, but with that being said, be, be a bitch, bitch and stay alive. alive. Cheers. Cheers.